Good morning, Trinity family. This is Chris McDaniel. Glad to be with you uh, here on this Sunday. Before we get into the word, I want to share two announcements, really one announcement and one celebration and invitation for you. First announcements. We have started to receive communion in our family groups and friend groups uh, around the city as we are engaging in church together in our homes. And I want to encourage you today uh, to come on in later this week to pick up your communion elements if you haven't already got them. Uh, We're going to be meeting between 11 and 12 on Monday here in the parking lot on the west side. And then on Tuesday between 6 and 7 p.m. for those of you who need to come after work. We hope that you'll send a representative uh, from your watch group and come and pick up up elements for the whole gang. Uh, We're really excited about the fact that we're receiving communion together, and we hope that you will uh, find some friends, find some people in your neighborhood, in your community to to engage in church and communion together. Uh, The second thing I want to share is if you haven't already done so or aren't already doing so, we would encourage you uh, to watch Millie's kids videos here on the west side they are fantastic if you've got little kids this is worth your time if you've not been getting in on the action i frankly think that millie and her husband jay may have a future in kids television after this because the the videos are unbelievably engaging and entertaining and they're just wonderful and so we would encourage you to check those videos out even if you don't have kids i think you'll get a kick out of checking out what our kids are getting into here on the west side at trinity i'm going to read from the bible and then we're going to pray and then we're just going to jump in and see what we can see from the word of God today. The scripture today comes from Matthew 16. We're going to begin reading in verse 13. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist, but others, Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah the son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he sternly ordered the disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray together before we jump in and see what the Bible has to say to us. Holy Spirit, we pray today that you would give us insight into the word of God. Help us to think deep and true thoughts, not just about the Bible, but about how our lives are meant to be shaped and formed by what you share with us here. Help us, Lord, we pray to have a spirit of peace, God, wherever it is that we are engaging in this church service with friends or by ourselves or with family members, we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would be present to us and give us ears to hear and eyes to see what you would want us to hear and see. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. So there are just a few things in this passage that I want to share with you, things that have been really um, stirring in my own heart today and this week as I've been preparing this sermon for Sunday. And the first thing that I want to say is this, learning to see things differently oftentimes requires a change of scenery. Jesus took his friends to a place called Caesarea Philippi. Now, if you're anything like me, you think, well, where is Caesarea Philippi? It just sounds like another one of those Bible words, um, a place in a part of the world that we don't know or understand. Well, Caesarea Philippi 
was about 25 miles from where Jesus and his friends would normally hang out. And y'all, they couldn't just jump in a car and get there in eight minutes. They had to walk or ride there. But not only was it 25 miles away, culturally, Caesarea Philippi was as distinct from where Jesus and his friends were used to hanging out as any place. It was a pagan place. They wouldn't have run into any of their Jewish friends here. And so what Jesus is doing is he's saying to his friends, step out of your normal routine, get out of the places you're always hanging out and come with me to a new place because I'm gonna ask you two really important questions. And he wants his friends to have a fresh perspective. I believe that Jesus wants all of us to occasionally step outside of our normal routines in order to gain a fresh perspective. So what does that mean for you and for me? Does it mean you need to buy a mountain house? (laughs) Good luck with that in a season of financial uncertainty. We don't have to turn our whole lives upside down. I think what we need to do is intentionally, occasionally step out of your normal routine. Could you stand to step out of your routine right now in order to see things or think about things in a fresh and new way? I know that's true for me. So I wanna encourage you to think about what it looks like to disrupt your rhythms every now and again, to make an intentional choice, to go to a different coffee shop, to go out on a little road trip outside the city, to do something in order to change your vantage point. Sometimes that's all we need is our vantage point to be changed so that we have ears to hear and eyes to see things from a fresh perspective. So if things have grown dull for you, if you find that you're numb right now, maybe what you need is what Jesus's friends needed, just a little bit of a change of perspective. And so Jesus gets them out into this place. And the second thing we see in this sermon is he asks them a very important question. First, he says, who do people say that the son of man is? And what Jesus wants to know is what they know about him. What are people saying? And they actually say, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, some say Jeremiah, some say one of the prophets. So they knew what people were saying. I would say for you and me, it's really important that we know what people say about Jesus. And I don't mean pop culture personalities per se. This is why I think we need to read our Bibles because we can't just let our view of Jesus be shaped by our pure, subjective, personal view of Jesus. That matters. And we're gonna talk about that in a minute. We also need to know what does the text say about Jesus? I think this is why we as Christians need to be committed to being the kinds of people who give ourselves to the word of God, who allow our lives to be shaped by what others have said about Jesus. And once you do that work, once you know who he is historically, then you can begin to ask the more personal question. That's the third thing we see in this passage. Jesus goes from macro, who do people say the son of man is, to micro, who do you say that I am? Do you see how he's taking it into a very personal space? I believe that Jesus is wanting all of us to answer the question, who do you say that I am? And this is where it gets real. This is where we can't live on our parents' faith or the culture around us, the faith of our church or the faith of a pastor or the faith of some well-intentioned person that we think is a guru or an expert. Jesus wants to put the question to each and every one of us, who do you say that I am? And this is why we have to develop rhythms and routines, a rule of life, if you will, so that we live our lives with God with a measure of intentionality, the kind of intentionality that helps us answer the question, who do I say Jesus is? 
See, without an ongoing experience of Jesus, we'll fail to see who he really is. We'll fail to know exactly who it is that we're dealing with. And Jesus is basically saying to his friends, I want you to give me some insight into what you think about me. And y'all, the thing that's so important here is that Peter looks at Jesus and he says two things. You're the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. Peter hits the nail on the head. Messiah means rescuer, redeemer. Son of the living God means, but you're also God. And what Peter is saying in this moment, I think, is what you would say if you begin to live your life with God in a regular and routine way. God, you are my redeemer and you are powerful. You are with me. You are in the fray with me. You enter into the darkness with me. And remember, Peter and his friends were sitting and standing in a dark place. They were in Caesarea Philippi, a place that was far from the comfort of their religion. And yet Peter looks at Jesus in that dark place and he says, you are the rescuer, you are the redeemer and you are God with us. See that lived experience that Peter and his friends had had with Jesus over years was now being manifested in clarity about who he really is. And I just wanna say this to you, this was not easy for Peter. Peter and his friends did not come to this conclusion like in a moment or quick and fast. Peter's statement was born out of a lived experience with Jesus. And I just want to say this to you because this is true for me as well. My clarity about who Jesus is for me, your clarity for you will only emerge out of a consistent, rhythmic, lived experience with God. Peter could say that about Jesus, not because some theologian had told him, not because he'd read it in a book or heard somebody else say it. He said this to Jesus about Jesus because he'd experienced Jesus in this way. And this leads me to something really important for us to consider. The fourth thing I wanna share with you is this, revelation involves two steps, asking and making space. See, Peter was able to say what he said to Jesus about Jesus because Jesus had revealed himself to him. Peter didn't go figure this out all on his own. This is what he had experienced of Jesus as Jesus revealed himself. And I believe that for you and me to have a clear view of God, especially in dark times, we need to ask for revelation. We need to be able to say, Jesus, show me yourself. God, show me who you are. Lately, as I've been facing a turmoil and tumult in my own heart, looking out at all that's going on around us, I find myself asking every day, Jesus, reveal your heart to me. Holy Spirit, reveal yourself to me. Y'all, we've got to be the kinds of people who ask. We can't just expect God to hit us over the head with some sort of truth about him. We need to be curious and solicitous. I believe Jesus wants you and me to be the kinds of people who regularly say, daily say, show yourself to me, reveal yourself to me. Then when we pick up our Bibles, we do so with a sense of expectation. It's not just routine, mundane. It's, I expect you to reveal yourself. But y'all, we also have to make space. A big part of revelation is making room or space. And I wanna to say to you that you've gotta actually make space in your life if you're gonna see Jesus for who he really is. See, this is really important for us. If we don't actually create what I would call thin places, like the Irish um, mystics would say that certain places were thin places, places where you would pray and read and spend that time. If we don't endeavor to make thin places, we're gonna find ourselves just washed to and fro. So in my own personal life, 
I read and pray in the same place every day before my family and my children get up and get busy about the life that they are living. I get up in the quiet of our house. My dog is asleep, usually right across the living room across from me on her bed. And I sit with a cup of coffee in my hand and I read my Bible and I pray and I quiet my heart in the same place at the same time every single day. I'm creating a thin place. My hope is that one day if I move out of that house, somebody will sit in a chair in that part of the room and they'll think, this is a, this is a different sort of space in our house. Would you endeavor to create thin spaces in your life? Another way where I make space is I go walk almost every morning. I take my dog out and we go and we walk on the west side Proctor Creek Trail. And it's a thin place for me. See, guys, we won't see Jesus for who he really is unless we ask him to show himself to us and make space in our lives. Space for quiet, space for contemplation, space for meditation, space for deep conversation. These things have to be a part of your rhythms, your rule of life, your ritual, if you're gonna see Jesus for who he really is. Y'all, this doesn't just happen to us. I wish it were that way. I wish we could just snap our fingers and see it just like it is. We have to participate. And it was true for the friends of Jesus and it's true for you and it's true for me. And I love what happens here toward the end of this passage this idea of revelation, this beautiful thing, um, it, it gave way for the friends of God to be able to see that they actually did know who Jesus was. And Jesus was able to look at them and say, um, I'm making you sturdy. And the last thing I wanna say to you today is that when you see Jesus for who he is, it makes you sturdy. It puts you in a strong place. Peter, that word means rock. Jesus changed his name to say, what you've just said makes you sturdy. And I believe that he wants to make you and me sturdy. He wants to put us in a settled and strong place. And remember, they were in a dark place. Caesarea Philippi was a dark place. And yet Jesus said, because you see me for who I am, you're in a strong place no matter where you are. And I just wanna leave you with this idea. Your circumstances and mine, they're not a lot of fun right now. This is not an easy time for any of us. And yet it's possible to see Jesus even in the midst of a dark and uncertain space. Peter did it, his friends did it, and I believe God wants you to do it. So what we're gonna do now as we end this time is we're gonna put a couple of questions in front of you. And these questions are gonna be for you if you are in a church watch group, whether through Zoom or in person, this would be a great time after we put these questions up to hit pause, discuss for a little bit, or you can do it over lunch, whatever works for you. But here's some questions I want you to consider. How important might a change of scenery be for you right now and why? Question number two, what small change could you make this week to help give you fresh perspective? And finally, question number three, what practices might help you become more aware of God's presence and his work in your life at this time? These would be good questions for us to consider, interact over as we are processing what we're thinking about and praying about today. Y'all, this time together, whether it's virtual or in person, will really help us grow and to get moving in those rhythms to experience the presence and the reality of God. We're gonna pray the Lord's Prayer now. 
Before we do, I just want to remind you that if you have communion elements, now would be a good time to gather those together. And as we finish this prayer, you're going to turn to one another and serve one another communion. If this is your church, this is your home, this is also an opportunity for you to give to support our mission and the work we're doing. You can visit westside.atltrinity.org and find a way to do that. But if you're a guest, I just want to say what we say when we're together. Everything's taken care of. We're just really glad you're here. Thank you for joining us virtually today and worshiping with our family. Let's pray as Jesus taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Amen.